to the good, the bad, and the nerdy movie podcast. I'm your host, Tom. With me today is John. <laughs> I think he's with us. John, are you there? Can you not hear me? Now we can hear you. Okay. And welcome back, Stacy. Hello. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're having to cut. We're we're still trying to knock out our uh, '80s action movies. We decided we're tiptoeing into 1990. Yes, it's time to cover uh, the King of the Ponytail. That's right, Steven Seagal in his second uh, film, and actually one of his more his best fan reviewed film. <laughs> <according> <laughs> Not critically reviewed, but fan reviewed film. That I would would point be... out this got a thirty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Thirty-eight percent. An A-minus cinema score, which is just something. That's right. Hard to kill. Okay. There were three of his movies released right around the same time. It was. I, I really think it was just one movie. <laughs> I joke, or I joke that it should have just been one movie. They would have saved a lot of budget, just released it under the three ti- different titles. I can't remember, but they're all three-word titles. They're all ninety minutes. <laughs> they're all—he's uh, a cop with revenge. Yeah, uh, uh, there's above the law, hard to kill, mark, and then out for justice. Oh, I did not remember Out for Justice. The other two I remembered were right around this time. <laughs> they were all in a row. quadrilogy. Yeah. Oh, it's... <laughs> okay. Wasn't he a chef in one? Like an that, that's under, chef? Under siege, he's Casey Ryback. The, he's a cook on a uh, carrier, but he's actually secretly a uh, Navy. Seal, uh, like black ops guy. He he's a seal who got busted, if I remember, under siege, which was funny because it has Tommy Lee Jones in it. And th- if I had to think of what would be the best reviewed or best Steven Seagal film, it would be Under Siege, and that's you because able to make this this podcast better by talking about everything but hard to kill. <laughs> Okay, can we talk? Uh, I usually find a lot of positive things for movies. I try to, I enjoy some popcorn movies, or you know, complete brain candy. I'd like to discuss medical ethics here. <laughs> the Let's... nurse first shaves a goatee on him. Yes, he shaved his cheeks and left his goatee because she thought that would be fun. As if Steven Seagal were some sort of seven-year-in-a-coma-chia pet. Yes. Then... Sexually harassed him. Even though... <laughs> oh, you have a lot to live for. Oh, God. All right. Yeah. Let, let me just do a quick uh, explanation of the plot beforehand. If you've not seen this, you can watch it free on Tubi. That's how that's how important <laughs> it's free to watch on Tubi. It didn't even make, you know, HBO Max or anything. Tubi. You can watch it free on Tubi. You can watch it free on Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, but can I review the Wendy's commercial I had to watch while I was watching it? <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you get with Tubi is you get a Wendy's commercial. <laughs> Not- oh, yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, we got to uh, – so the whole premise is, is uh, Steven Seagal is Detective 
Mason Storm. That's a you know. that's a nineties name. That is a nineties action hero name. It's like it's like once we make fun of like John Matrix in Commando, we got to cut Mason Storm. And it's not. It's like all of Steven Seagal's are variations of like two uh, syllable names. Next, you know, underseas Casey Ryback. It's like it's always got to be two. Steven Seagal has to have his two syllable name. Mason Storm in 1983, uh, while on, on a uh, stakeout, videotapes the mob and a politician having a conversation. Later that day, his, uh, the corrupt guys in his force ambush him, kill his wife, and put him in a coma. They, now, then his captain has them declare him dead, even though he's in a coma, to hide him out. Also, just as a quick note, I thought they killed the son until much later in the movie when the son appears. There were scenes that explained that apparently were deleted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, they, they deleted like 30 minutes of this film to try to bring it down to 90 minutes because I guess they realized like nobody cared one way or the other. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so yeah, he's in a coma for uh, seven years, and suddenly he wakes up when Kelly LeBrock is his nurse, and she calls his number. It's like, hey, uh, I'm supposed to call his number when he wakes up, and all of a sudden, evil corrupt cops show up to try to kill him. Mm -hmm. Davis Seagal in uh, you know managed to fight his uh, fight with uh, atrophied muscles and a uh, mop and survive, and then go hide out in. I guess North LA or something. It's like it's some kind of really perfect house that they've uh, she's house sitting for, and then the process. Yeah, that, begins the, she's not she's not going to get paid to do that again. They're never no. going to invite her to look over at their house again. No, definitely. Not. Uh, yeah. So the uh, he then spends a good percentage of the movie going through uh, training montages and uh, very montage. accurate. I'll give him credit. Accurate acupuncture. You know. Well, and, and self-administered acupuncture. How about that? I mean, that's some of the places those needles were. I wouldn't think you could put yourself them on. I, I'm I'm not sure he could also put the uh, the little smoking incense bits on them either. But let's figure out how a guy who's atrophied acupunctures himself and lights the stuff on fire without you know burning down the house. I mean, well, hey, let's, he can if he can push his uh, gurney around with that mop, his arms are strong. <laughs> you know, yeah, people push, like to make fun himself, of his body weight and a gurney's weight. Yeah, I mean, like Kill Bill steals from this movie specifically. I mean, this is like, the bride is basically Steven Seagal. That oh, is I, true, but we I, accepted that Kill Bill is. Over the top, ridiculous, and not actually physically possible. You can't <laughs> puncture somebody, explode someone's heart, hitting them like five times. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So, uh, but yes. Yeah, so, uh, so he then begins his attempt for revenge. He finds out the politician that he videotaped has become senator. So, <laughs> William Sadler, which, by the way, it, there was a period of time where I think if you needed a an annoying bad guy, you cast William Sadler. He seems to be in everything from like eighty eight to ninety three. <laughs> like, who's? Let's get William Sadler. It probably paid for his house. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you are type, it's like Billy Drago. Yes. He is. 
he is an he is a villain in everything he portrays. It's his niche because of his like his cheekbones and creepy eyes. <laughs> He's always a villain. <laughs> I mean, I love the fact that like the next he does this in the next year he plays Death in a uh, bogus journey. <laughs> well, you think his battleship. Yes, you sank his battleship. Oh my god! Two out of three. And, and and you know, as bad guys go, he's kind of woefully inept. He he <laughs> uses catchphrases from his commercial while talking to the mob. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, he has a vocal tick. What can he say? He uses yeah. the same catchphrases. Yeah, you can tell the guy who wrote this really understood how politicians act. That's <laughs> like, That's all he can say. But uh, yeah, so eventually, oh yeah, and of course we gotta have the romance between Kelly LeBrock, who's you know helping him cover, and Steven Seagal. Which now at the time they were an actually married couple, but if you, as she later and he later confirmed, pretty violent relationship. So yeah, I was. Uh, we should point out Stephen Seagal, very bad guy. Oh yeah, I mean, well, Putin lover, if nothing else. Yeah, he currently owns citizenship in Serbia and in Russia. Okay. Yeah, he's like, oh, he, he didn't just pick two countries. He picked two countries with notoriously uh, corrupt con- you know, leaders and histories and subjugation. To, be, to take citizenship in. Well, if he got for China, he would actually be a... I'm sorry, this is going to be probably horribly offensive. He could be like a human rights violator trifecta. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I heard he tried to go to North Korea, but apparently that's... He can't get in there. So, um, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, but yeah... Uh, but yeah, I wish you point out, uh, Seagal really wasn't much of an actor before he... he he started out uh, in Hollywood opening up a dojo. He is actually a, a very, a very accomplished martial artist. He ran, he ran a very popular dojo in like West Hollywood, which is how he basically made enough Hollywood connections that he went from no actor to starring in Above the Law, and then Hard to Kill right after this. Like he, he and he became well praised for low budget films. These films are very low budget. You can tell as they shot them that it's a lot of money into this movie. Well, that's why I think they really should have saved money and only shot the one movie in one scene, and then just edit. Since they edited out thirty minutes, they should have just retitled it because he's a cop and all, all like uh, marked for death. Yeah, that one's, <laughs> that one's it's the uh, the Jamaican gangs are after him. Yeah. This time it's old old uh, old school mafia, I think. Yeah, yeah and and yeah, corrupt well, cops. Corrupt cops, yes. Yeah, that, that, that mafia had a, a, you know, Hydra-like reach into that cop outfit. I mean, a good half the cops you see are under the mob's take. I want to know about their response time. Like, can you time it if we ever got crazy enough to go back and actually watch Hard to Kill? Time how long between... Uh, whatever Kelly's character's name is, Kelly... <laughs> Um, his wife at the times uh, characters, uh, which he makes the places the phone call. How long it actually takes them cinematically to respond? Because I, 
it it's like wow that's a really fast response yeah. time if you thought this guy was dead <laughs> how fast are you responding when you hear that he's wake woken up after seven years i mean that's yeah i mean it's it, it's like the, the the lieutenant did not do a good job hiding him <laughs> no oh, but he did he didn't tell his son oh my god i can't imagine how traumatizing that would be oh by the way your dad's not dead and being chased by the mob yeah, I'm sorry your dad is I hope your dad was dead. I mean <laughs> Well, I mean I'm the, also the... sorry that you have no relatives and so mm-hmm. you're being raised by the random your lieutenant dad's boss. <laughs> and I got you in a boarding school. Yes. Hey, because we know train. Like you can't even drive to our place. Like uh, I need to get on this train. <laughs> It's, he, again, it's cheaper to shoot, obviously, at the train station than it is at the airport. Yeah, cheaper to sh- shoot at the train station than the airport. And I just... <sighs> okay, the there's a lot of things that are unrealistic. And, but the thing that bugged me when I saw it years ago, when I first saw this movie, and what bugs me today is when they have someone who say wakes up that's the one thing kill bill got right she thought when the bride woke up she mentally and emotionally was still at that time she mourned she acted like no time had passed everybody else had moved on but she emotionally and mentally was in that moment he barely blinked before hooking up with the nurse. It's like, you're so motivated by your wife's death to get vengeance, but you're immediately hooking up and getting attached to the nurse who inappropriately was. Yeah. Well, he, he did, like I said, he got to watch George H.W. Bush, you know, as president when he was unconscious. Um, George, he was the vice president. Wait, wait, what happened to Reagan? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, things, things he got to sleep through. He, like, he slept through a lot of the 80s. So he, like, <laughs> they didn't do a mantra watching like, stuff he missed, like the Challenger or uh, like, in, like uh, Live Aid or anything like that. They didn't cut to that. I, <laughs> I would have liked, like, what is this thing called Alf? Yeah. <laughs> Now back in pog form. Think about it now, though. If somebody had stashed a videotape, say from nineteen eighty-three, which I guess and was the time he was injured because it was. Yeah, that's where it is. Yeah, yeah. How would you play it? <laughs> I mean, I, I have to assume it was Betamax. They didn't seem to have trouble. Like, uh, first of all, the fact he hit it like a wall uh, so effectively, I find fascinating that no carpenter would look at like, "Ooh, hey, maybe it's a sex tape or something." Like, this is <laughs> also you know the guys who shot up the place. Like, you think they why not burn the house down to make sure the tape didn't get destroyed? Nope, nope, we're just gonna kill him. Not sure, uh, not and just leave any possible evidence around. 
I know DNA. Well, DNA wasn't you know commonly used at that point. So. Yeah, this is pre OJ. <laughs> <sighs> OJ's starring in Naked Gun too at this point. Oh, I, I was sad that poor Steven Seagal had to deliver his funny Arnold catchphrase to an empty room. Oh, yes. It's like, that's just sad. I'll take you to the blood bank. It's like, no, oh. no, Steve. <laughs> no. Uh, you are uh, not Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, <laughs> and that's the other thing. They try to always give him these lines. I'm just a cook. Like, uh. One line I do love though, when he uh, at the very end of the movie when he goes in his murder spree at the senator's place, you know, he uh, points the gun at the at the naked senator and fires and he goes, I've missed. They must be that small. That was all right. That was okay. At least that, he that, had an I was like, that's a really good joke. That, <laughs> I I think it was required for 90s action movies. They had to try to get something that would sound good uh, for the trailer. They always had to have in a in a world, blah, blah, blah. And then one good cop. Yes. And then there was that catch, whatever the catchphrase for the hero was going to be. But, uh... Yeah. I, and the thing is, like I said, Set a record at the time for highest opening ever for a February movie. Like it had, uh, it grossed nine million this first week, which was a big deal in 1990. Like it out, no movie in because Fe- February was always the notorious. It's let's put the worst movie or February or January. They call mm-hmm. dumpuary back then. They still do that now, but now they try to put better movies out. But the idea is they usually had crap release. This movie came out, and by the way, bad reviews across the board. Like I think one critic gave it a D minus. One credit, uh, it may, I mean, not a popular movie, but fans went crazy for it. It did very well at the box office, like instant profit. If they made more than ten dollars, it would be instant profit for hard to kill. I mean, you could tell that the, like you said, it was made on a shoestring budget, and it, but it was shoes, it wasn't shoestring and it was creative, it was shoestring and it was. Oh, I mean, repetitive. Uh, let's point out the, the, my my favorite bit is when he's chasing those two guys who's chasing his son. So it, his son's being okay. His his old buddy gets killed. His son's being chased. He jumps out of a car. He starts jumping over cars, and then and then he chases them down a hall uh, an alleyway. And uh, one of the guys he kicks. He just kicks. He goes, "Ow, oh, my leg! You broke my leg!" And he throws him in a dumpster. And that's it for this guy. We don't. <laughs> now, I do believe he probably probably could, can break his leg with one kick, but it's it, I, I swear I've kicked a soccer ball more effectively than he does. The, Did that, the guy survive? We don't scary, know. Scary murder spree. I mean, he he flat out murders the guy who killed his wife, and I you know if someone killed my wife, I might be if I were a martial arts expert inclined to to go that way. But I mean, just flat out murdered that guy. Yeah, I mean, he breaks his neck in front of a huge crowd of people, <laughs> and then runs from the police. By the fact, he's got evidence to clear him. The well, the fact that he kills the person in front of a whole lot of witnesses, 
you could maybe make the argument for um, like temporary insanity, <laughs> some sort of traumatic flashback. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, they he was clearly chasing his son, so there's the oh he was defending this kid bit, but you know once he, I mean. And pretty effectively, it's like he didn't have to break his neck. They also, like, it's like, it's like, I remember you after he's like bending the guy's fingers completely backwards. And I love the reaction the guy gives his his fingers being broken. Ah! Uh, uh, what else are you going to do? I know. I was like, <laughs> I mean, but it, it's a great example. Like, okay, one, we got to show how strong Mason Storm has to be returned. <laughs> he can break the guy's fingers really easy, but more importantly, like he's so angry, he's going to kill everybody. <laughs> that's uh, that's the point of the entire cliche, uh, you know, the trope of revenge. Uh, you you know, that's the reason they fridge uh, refrigerator a lot of uh, oh, yeah. female characters in comics movies whatever it's the motivate someone to re- to go on a murder spree yeah this one okay so his wife technically gets fridged but she's kind of she's barely in the movie so it's not it's less she doesn't really get fridged kelly the brock character does not get fridged she, she she survives the whole movie so that's i give them credit you know they kill instead the uh, they kill his, his uh commander who's the only other guy who's protecting them they couldn't still kill Steven Seagal's wife. Exactly. That's his <laughs> actual wife. They couldn't kill his actual wife. Yeah, they could yeah. only kill the movie wife. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, well, they had to do something better. Lethal Weapon 2 was like 1987, wasn't it? No, that was 1989. Wanna... I mean, so like a year before this, so yeah. Yeah, you know, in that one, he they killed... Um, the wife and the girl, the the current girlfriend. So I guess they had to break that trend. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> one's. Uh, I mean, when we we covered Lethal Weapon too. I was like, yeah, she got fridged bad. She's a notorious. I mean, they introduced her character just to be fridged, like because her character has no impact on the plot other than just to <laughs> to, to be a motivation. Yeah, and to get killed. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. This one, I think you know they. That's like one of the few cinema sins they don't really put a lot in this one, which is there's no major fridging. Uh, you know, the son doesn't get killed, the partner gets killed, but any cop movie is usually a partner gets killed. Uh, so that's standard. Uh, but I gotta like say, I do give him credit. Like I said, they uh, you know they shot the original and he kills the senator. Instead, they reshot it. Decide, oh, let's not have him kill the guy. Let's not have the guy go get arrested. I'm like, that's actually you know that's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, literally, if it was, uh, I mean, if it was Arnold or, or Sylvester Sloan, oh, yeah, they would have been like massive. Yeah, the body count would have just been one more higher. Uh, I, so I give the credit. They, they pared it down just a little bit, but not much. But, and I, I kind of find it funny. The guy who directed this also directed one of my favorite early 80s action movies, Nighthawks. Like, he did that in 81 with Stallone and uh, Billy D. Williams. And great like crime film then he gets working on this like eight years later you can tell like he just does not have it that i don't know how much of it was a lack of the director skill or the fact that it there was no no nothing in this movie 
stayed with you. <laughs> other than well, the, the plot was just so paper thin, so paper thin. You know, um, bad guys, bad guys kill cop's wife and put him in a coma. He wakes up, he gets revenge and kills them all. That's it. You know, two sentences. That's yeah, it. it it's. I mean, this is like a very. This could have been a dirty, hairy plot line. I mean, this is a very, very like cut and paste plot line. Like they joke about, it, will AI start writing screenplays? AI almost wrote the screenplay. You can just kind of tell. Well, they yeah. sold the same script, I think, for the all three of his movies that were released, the Marked for Death or whatever. They just switched up a few light details. Uh, I think the partner dies in all three. Oh, yeah. Hard to Kill, Marked for Death, Above uh, the Law. Yeah, Above the Law, and then Out for Justice. Yeah, uh, Above the Law. I am never remembering that one. I am. Oh, see, <laughs> I'm going to have to IMDb that to see this. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why I know this, Stacey. They actually made a trailer because when I used to work at a video store, we used to play old trailers for fun because we keep they keep all these old trailer ones um, mm-hmm. that we have to play in it. And I put it on it and it says, Steven Seagal, he was above the law. Then he was hard to kill. Then he was marked for death. And now Steven Seagal is out for justice. I mean, they literally did that in the trailer. They're like, now he's out for justice. It, they would have saved a lot of money and been a lot more profitable if they just shot it once. It's funny. Uh, we should. Uh, we don't even bother to go through. Like, I mean, he met other scenes is probably his most his most popular film besides this one. But then, of course, he it doesn't take long for he's he's becomes the king of the video real fast. The Patriots. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he started directing too. That was like, you know, I almost said, "Let's watch the." I, I almost made you guys watch the him one of his directed films, like uh, on no. deadly ground, which is where he's an environmentalist uh, or uh, uh, Native uh, American environ uh, part Native American environmentalist or whatever. A, who also really was a CIA uh, black ops guy, oh, no. <laughs> and Michael Caine is the evil oil baron uh, feuding with. Well, I do like Michael Caine. <laughs> so that. Michael Caine famously said, uh, yeah, I got paid. <laughs> hey, Michael Caine did Jaws 4. Like Christopher Lee, he's done, he did some great movies. Michael Caine also did some really shh movies for a paycheck. Oh, Michael Caine will freely point out what movie paid for what house or what car. He's like, you can see, <laughs> see that house? There? That's what Jaws for <laughs> paid for. He's, he I got no a vacation problems. to Jamaica and <laughs> my house paid for for doing that movie. Yeah, he's like he he'll freely admit anytime he made a bad movie is not because it was more like there was something he was interested in buying, so that's why he took the part. <laughs> now, uh, I mean, oh, eventually though, there is one I do want us all have to watch. Have you ever heard of the vampire movie that Seagal made? No. Oh God, it, no! It's great to video apocalyptic vampire movie. Oh God, I'm trying to remember what the title of it is. Uh, what up? It's but yeah, he uh, came out I think in 2008. Uh, Steven Seagal did a vampire movie. Yes. In 2008, is this one he directed? I'm trying to check if he directed it or not. You know, there were times like this is around the same time he was trying to have a career. 
yeah, like he do do something big do like exit wound, which is also bad. Half past dead with Ja Rule. But uh Against it? the dark. Does yes. he have a thing dark. about three he apparently they all have to be three words. Yes, against the dark, in which it's a post apocalyptic world destroyed by a disease which turns humans into infectedly infected that look like vampires. Stevens Gall right. plays da- Tal, the leader of a squad of ex military vigilantes. For attempting to find and rescue a group of survivors trapped in a Okay. So, so it's uh, a zombie vampire <laughs> apocalypse movie where he is basically playing himself. Sure, because <sighs> I wonder why he also did movies. Like, he decided to become a, a, a lawman for A and E. Yes. What were some other things he did? Uh, Driven to Kill, Urban Justice, Out of Reach. <laughs> The only cure is execution. Yeah, that that so, sounds like the goal. It's like, oh, I, mean, I guess that's, it... that's, you know, it, it was the trope at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I drive a stake through his heart, it proves that he's a vampire. Everything dies when you drive a stake through his heart. Oh. <laughs> uh... I know it's a short time, but the whole how do we solve this problem? Well, we we go and commit vigilante justice. (laughs) Because law never gonna rate highly with me. The law is wrong. We must take the law. I mean, yeah, definitely one of them. uh, Most Seagal movies are about as eight and get like Reagan. You know, it's weird he didn't try to make a Punisher movie. Honestly. I could see him trying to play Frank Castle. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Don't want to do it, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren beat him to it. And as bad as that Punisher movie was, it was better than Thomas Jane's. <laughs> <laughs> but not it was. As, as good as the, as the one with uh, Ray Stevenson. That's actually a Punisher movie. That is yes, because it has uh, jigsaw. It has jigsaw, and more importantly, it has um, uh, the uh, parkour uh, game. There's a use with a, uh, a bazooka. <laughs> oh God! Yes. All right, but uh, okay, I to cover this pretty thoroughly. Uh, so let's go ahead and our rankings: a good movie, a bad movie, or a nerdy movie. Uh, Stacy, what's your pick? It's a bad movie. It is a really bad movie. And it's not even a bad movie that I can say has any... It's not a movie I can say has a redeeming quality. It's like you go to a fast food place. Like It's like getting crystals at 3M because you're drunk. You're never going to remember getting the crystals. You know you did it. it, it you just... Pain later that you regret. Yes, but it's... It's not really impactful. It's not really going to affect your life for good or bad. It just, it sort of was. All right. Good, bad, or nerdy? Well. Hold on. Say it again. We lost you. uh, He says. 
Yeah, I guess Mason Stewart came and got him. <laughs> oh, no. Can, okay. You can't hear me? All right, what, all right what, what you think? Good, bad, or nerdy? Okay. Um, I th- like I was saying, I try to base my recommendations on these on, you know, it's an action movie. Action movies aren't among my favorites. But uh, how does it rate among other action movies? And it's still bad. <laughs> I mean, this this movie, we've watched a lot of, of action movies recently. And this one's like one of the worst, just because so little happens. You know, it could have just been a three-minute watch Steven Seagal beat up people. And that that that's as, as much as you needed. Oh, yeah, and I'm I'm out. We're gonna make a perfect. Track. It is a bad movie. You know, all this. It it was a time when Seagal could make a, a movie came out and people went and saw it because they were looking for something to watch. That was part of his timing. He always had movies come out in like weeks periods of the of the year. So, yes, this has been a this is definitely a bad movie. So, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any comments, please hit us up on our Facebook group, Fans Good Bad Nerdy Movie Podcast. Also on Twitter, Good Bad Nerdy Movie Pod. Um, guys, thanks for doing this one. We're almost done with our '80s series. We still got the, the muscle from Brussels. That'll be our finale with the next time. What Van Damme movie are you doing? Oh, uh, I have. This is, uh, we're of course doing the greatest Van Damme movie of them all, Hard Target. Oh, uh, <laughs> if you want it on that one, I'm bringing it on that one because I. Hey, I like that they tried to find a way to explain his accent, and he has a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on top of that, it's John Woo. So we get to see John, uh, the, John Woo, the legendary Asian uh, director, comes to America. And the first movie he makes features, heart, uh, features uh, uh, <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme and Lance Henriksen in a, in a shoot-off. <laughs> and crazy Wilford Grimley. <laughs> I actually like Hard Target, so yes, I would like to be in on that. All right, okay, I'll definitely pencil you in on that one. I know Bruce to miss out on this one. He says, I'm definitely doing Hard Target. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Please, 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 if you're going to uh, be, wake up from a coma, make sure you keep your handy mop nearby you just to get a, make a quick escape in an elevator. And you can take that to the bank. Oh, God. Blood yes. Bank. Blood bank. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>